Hey, hey, happy Tove Tuesday, wherever you are in the world. I hope it's a great day. Today, I am in Brighton, Michigan at Shepherd of the Lakes Lutheran Church, meeting with their staff, talking about the Find Your Tove framework. If you go online over to www.findyourtove.com, you can see that we restructured the framework to make it even more accessible. If you're wondering, what's my purpose? Am I making the impact that I was created to make? Is my organization living fully into their purpose? Are we having the impact? Then you can sign up for coaching, kick off in 2023, and make it the best year yet. So wherever you are, happy Tove Tuesday. This is episode 19, and I'm calling it Tree. The reason I'm calling it Tree is I noticed there's this thing Some people call it a through line. I remember when I was in Israel, in Nazareth, there was a loom, a weaver's loom. There were some threads going horizontal, then they wove vertical threads through it, and that's what made the pattern in the rug they were making. It was incredible. There are some of these through lines that they run through the entire story, the entire pattern. I noticed silence, tree, table. There are these through lines that run through the entire Bible. Let me give you a quick example. Silence. In the beginning, silence. There was God. Then God created the heavens and the earth. Told Adam and Eve, eat, eat, eat. Why? Because everything is tove. There is more than enough. There's a table. Then there's a tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree. Don't eat of that. There's something I want you to know about, but I don't want you to get involved. The whole story starts off with silence, tree, table. Fast forward to the end of the story. Genesis 1 and 2 is the beginning. Revelation 21, 22 is the end. In Revelation, it tells you that in heaven, the first thing that happens is a long silence, a pause, time where nothing is said. Oh, it begins with silence and it ends with silence. Then there's a river, and on the river is the tree, the tree of life. Oh, it starts with a tree, and it ends with a tree. Then it refers to heaven as a feast, the table. You've got these through lines that connect from the beginning to the end. If you look at Jesus' life, you see the same thing. His life ends, you've got a meal, a table with his disciples, where he starts the first communion. Then you've got him going to the garden and praying. God is silent. Then you've got the tree, the cross, the crucifixion. Jesus' life ends with that same pattern. Silence, table, tree, these through lines. But since it's Christmas, Advent technically, the time leading up to Christmas, we'll get into that in the podcast a little bit, I wanted to talk about Jesus' birth and the way silence, tree, table play into that. 
Back when I used to teach college, I taught the freshman-level communication introduction course. It was mainly a speech course, but we'd work different communication themes into it, and one of them was semiotics. Semiotics is the study of signs and symbols. How do we make meaning out of the signs and symbols? The basics of semiotics are this. There is a signifier. There is something that points to something, and there's a signified, the thing it points to. This is why there's miscommunication. The thing I'm pointing to isn't always the thing that you end up looking at. I'll give you an example. My daughters went to a school that started Spanish right away in kindergarten. It was a communication grade school. They focused on different communication things and learning another language was one of them. You have all these kindergartners in a room, and you have the basics of a classroom. One of them's a desk. Desk is a signifier. The word, D-E-S-K, pronouncing it, desk, that's a signifier. It intends to point to something. When everybody agrees we're going to call that table that you sit behind a desk, then it makes it easy when the teacher says, hey, go to your desk. The signifier points to the signified. When the children sat down for their first day of Spanish, the teacher wanted to teach them the basics of Spanish in the context of the classroom. The first thing he taught them was the Spanish word for desk. And I still remember Caitlin came home and she laughed and she giggled and she told me about it. Six years later, different teacher, same lesson plan. Adeline comes home laughing and cracking up because she learned the Spanish word for desk. If you are a Spanish speaker, you already get why it's funny. In Spanish, desk is the word Poopy tray. Okay, I'm 47 years old and that still makes me laugh. When I hear poopy tray, I don't think desk because my context is not a native Spanish speaker. That signifier does not point to the intended signified. It points to, well, a poopy tray. And like a kindergartner, it still makes me giggle. When I taught this in communication class, the example I would always use was tree. T-R-E-E. If I asked my students to draw a tree, they wouldn't all draw the same thing. Usually, there was a rectangle down at the bottom, the tree trunk. And on the top of the rectangle, sometimes there was a cloud Sometimes there was a triangle. This fascinated me. Why do some people draw an evergreen tree, a triangle? Other people draw a tree that's the cloud, a tree with leaves. What got really interesting, I started to have students hold up their papers. I noticed if I did this lecture this time of year, there were more and more triangle-drawn trees than there were cloud trees. When I did it in spring, there were more cloud trees. Why? Because tree doesn't just signify one tree, it signifies all trees. In the spring, when people thought of a tree... They thought of a tree sprouting leaves. They remembered springtime. This time of year, as we're leading up to Christmas, it did not matter if the students were religious or non-religious. They drew a triangle-shaped tree. 
Some of them even put a star on the top because we think about Christmas trees at this time of the year. I'd give that lecture to remind the students the signifier could point to multiple signifieds. This is why we have miscommunication. This is why I use the word tov instead of the word good. Hopefully, if you've been listening to this podcast, tov means that thing in you that's made to multiply. Your one-of-a-kind, unique purpose. I use tov because good... Goods changed meaning over time. In our current culture, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Good means mediocre, acceptable, but not great. And I know that when God looked at the things God had created, he didn't look at the earth and go, yeah, it's okay. God met something else when God called things tov. God met that it was made to multiply, that an apple had the seeds of an orchard in it. So this is where it gets interesting. Where does tree show up in the Christmas story? When we stop and we look at the biblical story, the Christmas tree isn't there. It showed up way, way later. This time of the year, I get notes, I get Facebook posts, I get friends who don't know the Jesus story, and they don't understand semiotics. They don't understand how a signifier can point to multiple signifieds. They send notes. They send articles. They're a little confused. They ask the question, where did the Christmas tree come from? And when you dig into it, this is the history It does get a little bit confusing. Why has the church, why has Christianity, in celebrating the incarnation, God becoming flesh, adopted a pagan symbol? Some people trace the Christmas tree all the way back to the Baal and Asherah, the pagan worship of the Old Testament. The Baal pole is the forebearer of the Christmas tree. Fast forward, you end up having in the Druids the sacred tree, the tree in the middle of the town. You have this tree that's showing up. Why would that become a Christmas symbol? Because it is not a symbol in the Bible. There is no Christmas tree in the Bible. When you get to Patrick, some people call him St. Patrick, the Irish evangelist, Patrick saw the sacred tree and he noticed something going on this time of year. He noticed two things, actually. First, the days were getting shorter and shorter, and the nights were getting longer and longer. Has anybody else noticed that? I'm up in Michigan right now. I moved to the south to escape the snow, but because the days are getting shorter and the nights are getting longer, there is this white stuff on the ground. I didn't even bring a coat. Oh, everybody notices this. Can we get really honest, and we'll talk about this when we get to silence. This time of year, sometimes it gets depressing. Sometimes it gets hopeless because it gets so cold. The sun goes down so early. You can leave the house in the morning and it's still dark and get home from work and it's dark already. Oh, it's so 
easy to get hopeless. This goes on until December 22nd. On December 22nd, we hit the point where it is the longest night of the year. And on December 23rd, the days start getting longer and the nights start getting shorter until we hit spring when they're even. Oh, the Druids, the Celts, the pagans, they had a ceremony where on the darkest night of the year, when all hope was lost, they would go to the sacred tree, the tree in the middle of the town. They would hang candles from the branches. They wanted to remind people in the midst of all the darkness, in the midst of the despair, in the midst of the confusion, there is hope, there is light. The days may be short and the nights may be long right now, but darkness has not overcome. Spring will come again. There is hope. When Patrick saw this, he had a decision to make. He had a Tove decision to make. There was division. There were differences. Don't mishear me. The pagan worship, the druid worship, the Celt worship was not the same as the Christian worship. There was division, but Patrick decided to do the Tove thing. When there is division, to dance. Patrick drew a bigger circle and he said, this is where we agree. This is where we overlap. Your story that you stand under, that in the midst of the darkness, there is still light. That's my story too. Let me tell you the name of that light. The name of that light is Jesus. I know there's competing stories about the Christmas tree, but I believe that that's the most accurate, that that St. Patrick drew a bigger circle and incorporated that story into his story, that he incorporated that signifier, hanging candles, hanging lights on a tree to remind us of the light of Christ Jesus that came into the world. There's something Mandorlic about that. It's been a while since I said Mandorla. Remember, Mandorla is that Italian word for almond. It's the overlapping of two circles that makes that almond shape where there's two different things and they're divided to dance. But where they overlap, a third thing is created. See, when we draw bigger circles and live our tove, when we separate but don't stay separated, we divide to dance, owning the differences, also owning the overlap, something magical happens. Was the Christmas tree in the Bible? Well, that depends. What's the signifier pointing to? If the signifier is pointing to the light that no darkness has overcome, then we have to say yes. And that through line of silence, tree, table, gets even stronger. This is where it gets really interesting. In my classroom, when I teach students, it didn't matter if they were Christian, Jewish, atheist. I even had a Wiccan girl. When they would draw a tree this time of year, they would draw the rectangle on the bottom and the triangle on the top. 
meet at the end of the fall semester, after Thanksgiving break, when I'd give this lecture, the amount that would draw a star on the top of the tree was incredible. That star on the top of the tree is where Patrick gets permission to draw a bigger circle. One of the things that gets added at Christmas time that if you are a liturgical person, we're not in Christmas and you've been a little bit off-put because this is an Advent time of the liturgical year. Technically, the four weeks leading up to Christmas is Advent. It's getting ready. And then you have, you know the song, the 12 days of Christmas. 12 days that the church recognizes Jesus becoming Jesus the Word becoming flesh to dwell among us. And then 12 days later is Epiphany, the visit of the wise men. We try to force it all into one big narrative, but let's face it, our society wants to move on quicker and quicker and quicker. This year when I went to get Halloween candy, they had already taken down Halloween and put up Christmas. We try to make Epiphany part of Christmas. Epiphany is amazing. If you know the story, you know sometimes they're called wise men and sometimes they're called magi. Magi from the east. The word magi is that same word for magic. These are not Christian people. These are not Jewish people. These are people considered magicians. Those magi came and visited Jesus. They gave him gifts, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. See, what Epiphany is about is because of Jesus, we can draw bigger circles. When we get honest, the Christian religion, nobody can claim worthiness. Nobody can claim that they have earned it that they belong. The Bible teaches that all of us, all of us have fallen short. All of us has, have messed up. I don't need to convince you of that. We, we do something wrong when we try to convince people of that. People already know it. I can tell you my mistakes. I can tell you my errors. I can tell you when I didn't even live up to my own standard. I try not to. I do my best to hide it. I'm ashamed of it. See, the Jesus story is that all of us have fallen short. Some people call that the law, but Jesus is about gospel. Jesus came to this earth to redeem all those errors. Jesus came to this earth and saw the Ra and overcame it so that we can fully live Tov. Jesus came to the world to draw a bigger circle and say, because of me, because of what I did, how I lived, how I died, I have paid the price for all those errors and you are allowed to be in. When we see a tree, one of the signifiers of biblical trees is always a time of testing. When we see the Christmas tree, I hope you remember that whatever test you have had, Jesus passed that test. And because of Jesus, you are part of a different story, part of a story that's tov. We may try to deny that story, but I think there's something special that when I tell people to draw a tree, at least this time of the year, 
the tree they draw is a Christmas tree. May you stand under that story, that you are loved, that you are accepted, that you are forgiven because of Jesus. And because of Jesus, may you find and live your tov. As you do this Christmas season, grace and peace.